Sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace the work hard, smile large vibe. Welcome to the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. I'm your host and founder, Nicole Christofferson. And as you've noticed from a few of our episodes, we are in California. We've taken the podcast on the road. And today I have Valerie Christofferson. Yes, same last name, um, but she's making moves in this world and has been for decades. So Val owns a global PR firm uh, specializing in technology. She has been an inspiration. I've watched her grow her company over the last 18 years. Um, but in the last few years, she has definitely um, leveled up, started pouring into the community even more than she always had. And I'm going to let her um, tell you a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, Nicole said I've been around for decades. Just so everybody knows, I started when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be um, candid, almost 30 years been doing public relations from a global perspective in technology, all aspects of it. Um, started my career, you know, in, in the mid-90s when telecom was really changing. And of course, today, telecom is everything. It's what we're doing. Everything is mobile. Um, and, you know, really looking forward to having this discussion today. And you've been part of mobile and technology before it even like progressed to where it is today. So you worked for somebody else, you know, as the industry was innovating and PR was kind of leveling up and the technology aspect and the people that you represent and the corporations that you represent. So that's been like a huge transition throughout your career, but also coming from working for others um, and finding that pivotal moment in your career of when you're like, hey, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. You know, and everyone, taking that leap, right? Exactly. And everyone has a story as to what brought them into being an entrepreneur and or into business. Sometimes it's calculated, it's strategic, it's planned. Other times it's not. In my case, it wasn't necessarily something that I envisioned early on in my career. I did definitely have a game plan to grow professionally and to leave a mark on this world. I wasn't quite sure what that was going to look like. So I spent 10 years working in the field um, as you mentioned, I was at the beginning of the telecom phase. We were pagers <laughs> back then. For those of you that don't know what that is, they were little devices. You clicked on your belt and it would show up a phone number and you'd have to go to a payphone and um, call back that number. So you advance forward after a decade. I was at a point in my life where something needed to change. Um, I was definitely working 120-hour work weeks. Loved it. Not lying. And I mean, she's worked a lot, even since I've known her. You know, saw 32 countries um, within that decade and just kind of took a step back and said, where is this going? And the growth opportunity wasn't necessarily there for me in the agency I was working for. And so I took a leap of faith and said, you know what? I'm just going to try consulting for a couple months and decompress. Well, one thing led to another and within 24 hours, um, you know, had a couple of clients within a month, had an employee within two months, had an office. And then the rest is history, as they say, just continue to grow it over the last 18 years. Yep. It's like organic reach. Like you just had to try it for yourself. And then all the answers kept coming to you. But it's it not did. like you were groomed to be an entrepreneur. You were just like, hey, these are my skill sets. These are my relationships. Right. How important are relationships in business? Extremely. And that's really where the success came from, if I'm being candid. You know, in full transparency, there's a lot of trial and errors, you know, on the back inside. I'm a PR. Failing forward. Failing, failing forward. forward. I mean, I'm a PR professional. I was not a business owner. And everything from having to run to the mailbox to make payroll to recruiting and determining 
what type of team members we wanted to have on staff. And again, the name of the company is Global Results. So I had a global understanding and global appeal. What you do in Asia is much different than what you're going to do in Latin America and Europe, especially back in 2005. Um, you know, we were on the embryonic phases of becoming a global economy, but we weren't there like we are today. Yep. So, you know, failing was was what leads to success. And I don't even view it as failing. With every quote unquote failure, there's opportunities. And it's opportunity. It's all in the mindset. You have to firmly believe that it's going to be okay. So what? You have a client, you made a mistake, you learn from it, you won't do that again. As long as it's not catastrophic and the key to success is morality and ethics. Yep. As long as you are staying within the ethical lines of what you believe and what you want to project, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? And it's getting uncomfortable, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, right? It was uncharted territory. Like, I remember when I started my brokerage and it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to go start this huge brokerage. It was like, hey, I'm servicing my clients and it's time for me to take that next step. And the brokerage I'm with isn't able to provide that for me. So I'm going to try this. And I got the blessing of my clients. But I had never run a brokerage before. Exactly. So I spent equal amount of time, you know, um, taking care of my clients and doing my job as I did learning how to run a brokerage. So it was, I mean, tons of hours, tons of hours, 15, 18 hour days, seven days a week. And but so loving you start every somewhere. You know, I was growing. I was learning. And I think that's like infectious in a lot of ways. It is. No, it absolutely is. And then making sure that you're open minded and learning along the way. It doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, I'm 18 years into owning it on my own and 30 years into the profession. And I still learn something every single day from somebody else. And it's also okay to be to, to admit you make mistakes. I was on a new business call last week, and one of the things they asked me, well, what do you guarantee? And how are you going to improve your ROI? <clears throat> Excuse me. And how are you going to, you know, give us what we want when what they want may not be realistic, right? So I take a step back and- To change tomorrow. I mean, we've all learned that. Like, the world could completely change within a blink of an eye, so- And it does. So I just took a step back and I said, you know, I'm talking to a human who needs to achieve a certain result. So my job is to provide the strategy and the path to getting there. Maybe it's what they want to hear. Maybe it's not. But you can always achieve what you want to achieve. If you want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine, you're not going to necessarily get it overnight. But you can get it if you're willing to take a year or two, whatever that path may be to getting there. Right. And so it's a matter of, of communication, being clear, being direct, setting expectations, and then also admitting we're not perfect. We're going to throw some things out there and we're going to see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, we're going to pivot. We're going to admit when we, oh, you know what? Not happening. And you just continue to move forward. It's job. They're going to do theirs with their input and you're going to. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the only way that, you know, you should be looking at business if you want to succeed because there's. It doesn't matter how that big mindset or small. to everything, right? to education with my children, with their educators, with everybody. We're a team. My family, like we are a team. I'm not going to do everything for you. You're going to contribute. You're going to contribute. And we're all going to succeed together. We're all going to progress together. It applies to everything in life. So true. So true. So business, business aside, uh -huh. it's thriving. It's successful. She's growing consistently. Like she's just making marks in this world and representing amazing brands. But there's other contributions that you've made to community. 
um, you know, with your business and outside of your business and with your family that I really want to bring to the forefront because you dedicate so much time to your clients and you find time to continually dedicate to your family and to the community. So um, there's a couple different organizations that you're a big part of that I want you to share with our listeners today. Absolutely. So so I believe in family first and how you define family. I've got a family at GRC. I have a family with, you know, myself and my son and my other half. I have a family with uh, my mother, yourself, and, you know, siblings, et cetera. So not to compartmentalize family, when you bring it all together holistically, you have to say, what are my family values and what is it I want that family to look like? So if you take a step back into 2021, as you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that's one of those pivotal moments in your life where you say, am I going to feel sorry for myself? Am I going to say, who cares? Am I going to deal with it? Am I going to, you know, what am I going to do? And for me, family first came to mind. My son, I had a six-year-old son. No way was I going to leave him alone, right? Then I take a look at my siblings and everything. Life, life is just so good that, that, you know, death wasn't an option. So you do what you need to do. And I talked to the doctors. I did what I needed to do, had the mastectomy, lived through it. You know, 30, 60, 90 days later, I'm, you know, functioning. I'm up and running. And that experience really took me back and said, you know, it's time to give back even more and branch outside of just my network and my, you know, existing family. I had a neighbor um, who went through a tragic loss of her son, uh, Bradley Rofer. He was hit by a car on his way to school. He was eight years old. First time he had ever ridden his bike and the family was very enthusiastic and cheering him on. Um, that hit the community very hard. And uh, his parents, Aaron and Josette, are doing the best they can in trying to turn this into something impactful. And they started what they call the Bradley Rofer Foundation. And how could I not get involved? How could I not be a contributing member to what they're doing? And what they're doing is raising funds and giving back to kids in the community. And to date, over 26, 27 kids have been helped. And I know yourself um, has been a part of that and has been a big contributor to it. And it's it's working. You know, we're taking a community out of um, isolation and doing something positive out of something that was very public and, um, it, you know, trying to turn the tragedy into a purpose. But it's not like that just happened right after you discovered your, you know, breast cancer and you were treating yourself. It was like you started getting so involved in your neighborhood and your community. And I think you pulled yourself out of your like normal routine. Cause like I can speak candidly. She's my sister. Yeah. Um, and you were outside with Ace in the in the neighborhood and you guys were active with the kids in the neighborhood. And it was like Ace was at that perfect age during that time. And so it's like from that wait, pause, what's important in life, family first, still running my job, still doing everything very successfully, that time, that like pause button that you hit to like I guess open your eyes, kind of. I think that really helped you with your neighborhood, it like does. in your community. You know, it just, I guess the breast cancer was a pivotal moment for me, not from a, a medical standpoint, because candidly, cancer's cancer. And who cares? You know, who cares? 
it's it's just a breast at the end of the day. And, you know, I moved She's forward. She's like, bye-bye, boob. Yeah, You're gone. I got a free one. I got a new one for free and lived, and lived through it. And I continue to deal with that every single month. I go in for my um, infusions and it's fine. You know, it's really not that big of a deal at the end of the day if you have the right mindset. But what it did do was change priorities. It didn't mean that my work and my passion for my profession went away. It just meant I understood that I have so much more that I can do for others, whether it's another breast cancer survivor, whether it's the rofers who are going through the loss of their child, or even my own son. My son has had his own issues and um, challenges with language in particular. And, you know, since he was 22 months, he's been in and out of different therapies for, for language processing. And, you know, a lot of people along the way say, oh, he's not going to be able to do this in kinder. He's not going to be able to do that in first or most recently second grade. We'll see if he goes on to third. He's going. He's moving forward. Right. So putting that energy into what matters and eliminating the concept of what could be perceived as negative energy around you. And so, you know, speaking of speaking of ACE, it was, you know, right around the same time I was going through the breast cancer um, ordeal that he came to me and he had just learned about St. Nicholas. And he was like, Mom, I actually want to do toys in August. I'm like, Ace, why August? Who cares about August, right? And he goes, because I'm not in school. So we created this little wooden box that he still has. And he painted it and he put little money signs on it. And then he would do little chores around the house, walk the dog or clean up his room. And we had these little fake money coins that he would drop inside this little wooden box. And August came around and we counted up how much we had. And we went to Target and we bought some toys. And then we delivered it to a family who was living in a motel, a couple of, you know, young boys in his age category. And he just kind of lit up. And he was like, wow, this is so much fun. Let's do it again. Um, and so I didn't take it as serious as I probably should have last August. Um, but having gone through um, the last seven, eight months and helping to build the Rofer Foundation and my son being a part of delivering some of the checks, he brought it up again earlier this year in March. And he said, Mom, I really, August is coming. August is coming. I want to do something. So I said, you know what? All right. Let's figure it out and um, let's do another toy drive. Well, I want to invite my friends. And at the time, his football team, his basketball team, whatever it may be. And he's like, I want to invite this person. I want to invite this person. I'm like, wow, kid, you know, where, where are you taking this? So we created a board of children between the ages right now of six and eight. The goal is 17 and under and put these group of children together and let them ideate as to what we were going to do to give back. And one of the kids said, I want to write letters to my grandma. Excellent. So now we're writing letters to senior citizens and delivering them to various senior homes. We've collected over 300 letters in the last month and a half. The kids have learned how to get out there and publicly speak and give back at and the same time. And you all can see it. We have a reel on our Instagram, and I believe it might even be on our YouTube channel as well, um, where I was able to visit the Ace of Hearts Project board meeting um, about a week ago um, and witness children, second grade and younger, coming together collaboratively, walking through a board meeting. I mean, as first and second graders would be like lots of disruptions and energy and excitement. 
but thoroughly engaged and passionate about what they were doing. Absolutely. I mean, they've been out there talking to their teachers. They've learned rejection, which is fine. They've learned how to communicate in front of older people that, you know, pitching these folks to write letters. We've done pop-up booths. We've been, you know, very active in the community in the course of 60 days, and we're getting ready to do a a pretty significant um, toy drive. We're going to do a, a bowling alley. You get to bowl for free if you bring a toy, and we're going to deliver those to foster care homes. Um, and then where it goes, the kids are going to decide. You know, most boards are made of elderly, el- let me back up. Most boards are made up of more senior level people. I decided to reverse engineer it. Let's let the kids, let's let the youth take this, but at the same time, keep them very passionate about giving and doing something that can impact their community. Well, and that's where Work Hard, Smile Large and Ace of Hearts like project are so aligned because while I don't have a definitive, this is what the kids are going to do, it's what can I pull them into to be a part of so they can continue to inspire themselves and be a part of something that they might not have that opportunity. What's it like to start a business and to start a brand and put branding together and put a website and be able to gather people together for an event? Like, what's it like to start a board and bring them together and what's it like to sit at a board table and like meet together like you're teaching them something and giving them that opportunity that's very serious but on their level and they're so capable so i think my takeaway is they're so capable um and they have great ideas so innocent and so creative i mean is there going to be bathrooms at the bowling alley you don't ignore that question you answer it right it's a legitimate question that we adults first thing we do when we walk into a place where's the bathroom so he, a kid's asking it in the middle of a board meeting, but it's a legitimate question. Going with their minds and letting them have a voice at such an innocent, youthful age is so empowering while using your expertise to guide and direct. You guys, you got to get back, you know, you, you, you get all these things in your life, you know, and you have struggles. Some of our kids were rejected. Teachers, nope, can't do it. Principal saying no. That was another nope. major part of the board meeting that was interesting because some kids got hundreds of letters or, mm-hmm. you know, and they got a special patch for that. And some kids got 23 letters and it wasn't like they were upset at each other. It was more like, wow, that's possible. They were seeing the opportunity that they still had because they're not done collecting letters and having their friends um, in their community, write letters. It was very inspirational to one another across the table. Absolutely, and since girls, then, boys, like all of them. Absolutely, and since then, the team members are kind of getting together. Oh, let's pitch together, Ace and Cash. So Ace Hearts and Cash Money got together and pitched their Taekwondo um, facilities together tonight at a basketball practice. I've got four board members coming because they want to do it together. So then, what they do is they split those letters. So the collaborative nature, rather than the competitive nature of learning how to work together rather than being jealous or or catty about, oh, you got competitive. Like we're trying to take that competitive nature of everything down. It's collaboration is so much more powerful than competition. But yet still learning competition is okay. They get the patches. Someone who's wearing 15 patches, one's wearing one, right? So how you handle competitive is is different when it's brought into that manner. And if you follow the kids' leads, you know, they get a little argumentative here and there. They work it out. You know, adult intervention is not always needed. So from overcoming, you know, your health concerns or your health risk, you're obviously managing it and keeping a positive mindset because positive mindset takes us so long um, to really diving in and helping the Rofer family mm-hmm. launch the Rofer Foundation and, and you know, pull the community in to help support them through this 
very integral first year and emotional first year. Um, we've really enjoyed being a part of it and seeing our community in Orange County that um, our family all resides in, you know, come together and bring awareness to the children and the safety and what families can be doing um, more collaboratively together, right? Um, to Asa Hart's project, like, what is out of your positive mindset and everything and your dedication and time to everything, what's a life motto or a mantra that you use moving forward? Everything is about moving forward. Live through it. It doesn't matter what happened 10 minutes ago. You figure it out and you move forward. You learn from the things that you need to learn from. You ignore the things that don't matter and you just move forward. You know, you can't take back yesterday, but you sure as hell can live to tomorrow. Yeah. Don't resonate on the negative. No. Just move forward. No, and the negative is okay. I mean, we all make mistakes as long as we're not, like I said, morality and ethics. Define who you want to be and be it at all costs. You know, I've been asked things in my career to represent, um, you know, things that maybe I don't necessarily agree with. It is not in line with my ethics. It's not judgmental to say no. You know, you're different. I'm different. They're different. And I'm not going to take on a client just for the sake of taking on a client for money because that's selling my ethics, you know, and that's not and, and we wouldn't be good at it. So it, it it's OK to have different. And that's OK. You know, we just have to respect everybody. And the last couple of years have been brutal on everybody, whether you're a brand, whether you're a person, whether you're an enterprise whether you're a child. Talk about that. I mean, it's made our children grow up so fast. It has. A um, lot of adult And we issues. could have so many accolades in business and we could overcome so much in our businesses or be an, I mean, a central industry and work through all of that when people were at home with their children. But our, our youth and our future were forced to grow up so rapidly through these times and mature so much quicker than I think they would have being in a classroom on carpet time and with well, the their exposure peers. exposure so. through technology too, right? And technology is good. It really is. I'm, I'm very biased when it comes to it. I've seen what it's doing. I've seen it. You know, it, it's what's going to cure cancer one day, if we're being honest. But the reality is our children are being exposed to a lot more adult-related issues than they need to be. Let the kids go outside and play. Let them interact on their iPads, FaceTiming each other, and just having that silly conversation and have, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've, we've got to embrace 2023 and what it is, but there's no reason to put so much pressure on these kids, whether it's to perform at a straight A level, whether it's to, you know, deal with topics that, that just are above their experience. You can't drive before 16. Right. And there's a reason for it. Sure. A 14 and 15 year old probably could get behind the wheel and I mean, do my okay. nine year old and 12 year old can right. drive a golf cart. Right. Like, that's but not, there's that's a not reason driving, why developmentally we just don't allow that. Right. For the safety of others, for their just lack of experience. Let's let these kids have experiences. You know, let's bring old school back. And, and, and that's where that's where maybe me being an elder, uh, an older parent, you know, comes into play. Um I'm not saying Age is I'm a number. Old. Move forward. I told you I started Move when I forward. was five. I told you I started when I was five. But I, I am I embrace my age. I actually am very, very um but like happy I, to be I where I'm at. I think this last few these last few years of experience because it's forced us to make major transitions in our lives. It has. That have, you know, helped our children overcome adversity and find strength and, and um get 
comfortable being uncomfortable in a new place and meeting new people and being farther away from family and stuff. But like Work Hard, Smile Large launched because of that. Exactly. Like we threw our heart into our community for my daughter and it's carrying through our other communities and through the nation and stuff. And and that's ultimately what you're doing. I mean, it's like these things, there's so much positive that's come out of it. Absolutely. And that we can focus on, right? And we need technology to get reached for these missions and these passions that we have to bring kids together and let them have a voice and be collaborative and learn exactly. from us, right? I mean, it's an old school cliche. This is our future. They right? totally are. And and we need to we need to take care of that. What I have a question for you about Asa Hart's project because they're writing letters to the elderly and you bring them to, you know, um elderly senior care facilities. senior care facilities and retirement homes and things like that. Um and they're presenting them in person. Uh-huh. So you're you're creating an event or a time for the board to go and right. it's just the board. At this point, it's the board. We have we are in the process of recruiting ambassadors. Okay. So ambassadors will be managed by the various board members. Okay. Right now, three to five under each one. And ambassadors are more than welcome to attend um, the delivery of the letters as well. Um, we're we're taking it as we go. Okay. Um, one of the next board meetings that the board members will be voting on, I don't know if we'll do it or not, the children will decide is we received a phone call from um, a gentleman that caters to the military. And so we have a request for the kids to write letters for the men and women that are overseas. And, um, you know, the board will vote on that. And so we're going to pivot wherever these children's mind take us. So are you giving a return address? Like, do they get letters back? Is it going to be collaborative and like... That is absolutely an option. Okay. And so we will be doing our first senior drop in the next five to six days and we will get feedback and if somebody would like to return a letter they'll send it to the asa hearts project um address right. and then we will deliver it to the board members because we are dealing with children absolutely um, protecting their you know we, their identity and their safety. we do and we came up each child had to come up with their own name so my son is ace hearts um we're not using last names to protect their identity and and just be socially aware and his little logo is a heart with a picture of a little boy and a teddy bear. That teddy bear is very personal to him. It's his teddy bear, Flippy, that he's had for several years. We've got another board member named Cash Money. So instead of the teddy bear, he's got a dollar sign. We have Gwen the Great. Her sign is a thumb. So they each get to come up with their own identity, something that they're passionate about. And they get to manage these ambassadors and um, within reason, of course, and yeah, we want we want to spread. We want to we want to spread the word. We want there is um, you know no financials involved. We're not uh, charging anybody anything to to be a part of this. That's why we're calling it a project, not a foundation. And we want to we want to see where it goes. Well, we're excited to collaborate with you because I know our work hard, smile large ambassadors. While it's not limited, we invite all of the youth that are familiar with work hard, smile large to go and familiarize themselves with our work hard smile large promise on our website so they feel what we are doing and what our you know what our passion is and what my children have wanted to sh- with our life mantra to share with others um, and from that they can sign up to become a youth ambassador and receive a certificate and we just ask them that they use the work hard smile large mantra in their life every day and share it with their friends and you're motivating people and you're you know you're you're opening eyes to parents too as to alternative Things that children can get involved in. Hey, look, and everybody a has of. a different experience in life. Exactly. And you can, how you react to it is under your control. And we chose to react to everything super positively because 
my daughter didn't want to change and we didn't want to change who we were to, you know, to get acclimated in a new area or a new school or anything like that. My daughter wanted to be friends with everybody. I want to be friends with everybody. That's who I am. So we're sticking to that. And so we're Card Smile Large is about people coming together and working together, you know, and not focusing on differences, focusing on similarities and collaborating together and things. So however we can, we're gonna, we've been talking about it. We're brainstorming on how we can get some more letters to Ace of Hearts project from our Work Hard Smile Large ambassadors and how we can also do stuff. I know the Rofer Foundation is going to be doing stuff with the youth as well and collaborating with Ace of Hearts project. Um, so we'd yes, like to. The, the Rover Foundation is collaborating with um, Lions Heart right now and is part of the what they call the Lions Heart Pride program for kids under 12 to do service hours in their communities. And um, as part of that, uh, Josette in particular is heading up an initiative to teach kids the back end side of business and, you know, helping them through mentorship um, learn how to uh, run a business, make some money and give back a portion of that to a charity. So all of these different things that we're all doing is all these steps forward to making everything we're bridging so this gap positive. on time. Exactly. And so, you know, they're able to have a better idea or concept of what it takes to run a business or what it takes to do outreach into a community and give back and stuff. Right. So that time gain was what I'm going to call it. Right. That time gain, like right. what are they capable of in high school? Right. right. They're asked to do so many things for community and for community service and things like that during their, you know, secondary education, their high school years and college years and things like that. But if they're doing it earlier on and right. making a greater impact earlier right. on, they're going to, it's just so much better for the future and, and for it, them. And it's not so time consuming that we forget that they're children, yeah. right? They still have time to do their sports and go outside and play. We're just integrating these concepts into their everyday lifestyle. You're already playing basketball. Take five minutes at the end and ask children to write a letter. You're already going to school every day. Ask your teacher if you can have a rainy day letter writing day, whatever it may be. So, you know, it's 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 so doable. It so is so doable. doable. And it's just all of us coming together and, you know, sitting with our kids and letting them tell us what they want to do or be a part of or pulling them into it. Mm -hmm. um, you made such an impact on me as your sister. You're making such a mark in our communities um, and with ACE and with your business always. I know you have these relationships and are always doing phenomenal things for people and relationships that you have in your business as well. What do you want your legacy to be, Val? I want my legacy to be when somebody takes a look back and I'm gone, they turn around and say, wow, that person really I learned how to give back. I really do think it's about looking at humanity. And I would like to be in the bucket of somebody who I don't need to make a difference. I don't need to be out there publicly. And, you know, I, I'm not looking for some sort of, you know, YouTube fame around it. For me, the legacy would be my son and any child that I've been involved in turns around and says, you know what? This person needs help. My Aunt Val would have done that. My mom would have done that. That, to me, is the biggest reward for my legacy, more so than than fame. It's already started, just so you know. Thank you. I, I talked to my like husband and, and my family. Like Aunt Val would do it. It's something Aunt Val, you know, Aunt Val would not blink an eye at that or, you know what I mean? And so you already are starting that. And legacy. It's already started. So I can't wait to see um, what you do with ACE and with the Rover Foundation and with anything else that you do. And I, I'm looking forward to introducing more collaboration with you through Work Hard, Smile Large. Absolutely. So, There's so much we can do together. We're so Ace just of, beginning. Ace of Hearts Project is on Instagram. 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, asaheartsproject.com. Perfect. And we'll put that out there for you and it'll be in the description as well. And then the Rofer Foundation is uh, bradleyrofer.org. Yep. And we'll give you guys that as well. You'll be able to see all the different community events, get involved. There's so many different opportunities for for children. And if you're already following us, you'll see that we had some, you know, uh, we've done some things with the Rofer Foundation and we've sponsored um, one of their first events that they hosted in the fall um, of 2022. And so we'll continue to work with them and help them and con- you know contribute every we can with our hands and our hearts. Um, and so we're going to bring communities together. We have foundations in Austin that we've had on the podcast. And these are some foundations and or some projects and some foundations that are doing things in Southern California. And if you have anything that you want to share with us or a program or a project or a foundation, um, that you'd like to bring awareness to through Work Hard, Smile Large, just message us at workhardsmilelarge at gmail.com and we'll put all that information below. But bringing community together and collaborating is the answer. I agree. Moving forward and st- keeping a positive mindset. So I thank you so much for taking the time to come and, and share a little bit more about your journey um, and your career. And Absolutely. I'm- well, thank you for the opportunity and let's, let's just keep moving forward. Absolutely. Let's do it. Move forward. So to end every episode, we always say work hard. Smile Large. Welcome to the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast, where we explore the outcome of hard work and the power of positivity in our daily lives. In each episode, we'll delve into the benefits of positive mindsets, hear inspiring stories, and provide tips for cultivating smiles all around us, highlighting healthy habits and living a full life while giving focus to various lifestyles that shine bright in this world. Help spread work hard, smile large in your community by coming together, pouring into others, and inspiring the youth to become WHSL ambassadors too. Sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace the work hard, smile large vibe.